This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Loving and encouraging relationship with yourself. Your body, mind, heart, spirit, and self-care is essential to heal, to cultivate a life of joy, and to reach your personal and professional goals. Linda Tamborello brings decades of experience as a psychotherapist, bodywork practitioner, educator, and the founder of her own integrated approach to healing to help you to embrace the wisdom of your body, mind, and heart to support the life you want. Valeria Tellez interviews Linda Tamborello, the author of The Heart of Self-Care, A Woman's Guide to Joyful Living and Well-Being. Linda Tamborello is a pioneer in the body-mind field. She has developed her own approach to healing from trauma and abuse and cultivating the wisdom of body, mind, and heart. Linda integrates body-centered psychotherapy, therapeutic bodywork, body-mind centering, embodiment practices, and movement. She has helped many to heal from physical and emotional issues, trauma, and to live more joyfully. Linda is a licensed mental health counselor, certified body-mind centering practitioner, and teacher, and a life self-care coach. Linda conducts workshops, advanced trainings, private retreats, self-care support groups for cancer survivors, and is a speaker. For 30 years, Linda was a faculty member in the School for Body-Mind Centering Practitioner Training Program and has taught in the Dynamic Embodiment Training Program with Dr. Martha Eddy since 1992. Her new book, Joyful Sexuality for Women, a little book on a big subject, will be published soon. She is currently writing on self-care in the hard times, recuperating from injuries, illness, surgeries, and loss. Meet Linda at lindatamborello.com. Here is the interview with Linda Tamborello. In your own words, who is Linda Tamborello? Well, Linda is, I am, <laughs> I feel, I'm a woman and I am just dedicated to living as fully as I can, fully embodied, connected to the earth, leading from love. And I'm really passionate about inspiring and guiding as many people as I can to live fully and to heal through my book and my therapy work. It's also really important to me to empower women to feel safe and good in their bodies to feel their bodies as sacred no matter what they have experienced and I love to dance <laughs> ah, yeah. that's important 
<laughs> That's a lot of fun. Yes, I agree. Would you say that this is uh, the purpose of your life, a mission or something else, Linda? What do you do today? Yeah, I would say it, I have a mission <laughs> and I, I have and to very much is about the importance and just really experiencing our and becoming embodied, sharing with others and just supporting others to heal, to be empowered. <laughs> what is healing to you? How would you describe what healing is? I think it very much is about connection or reconnection to ourselves, to our inner truth, to the parts of ourselves that were hurt and kind of pushed aside reclaim those parts of ourselves and to really nurture and protect those wounded young parts of ourselves, bring our adult there to support and really a lot about connection, you know, really connecting to ourselves and being able to connect to others and feeling our connection to the earth, that we're supported. Why does it happen, this connection, Lena, this feeling of this connection? I think partly because there is a big split, you know, between the mind and the body that doesn't have to be there, but is very much a part of many cultures and that we have the sense of instead of being inside ourselves, and I think we're often outside of ourselves, experiencing ourselves from the outside, you know, from how we, I think particularly women, I think that's why I wrote a book for uh, particularly yes. <laughs> women or how we're supposed to look, what we're supposed to be like, what expert we're supposed to listen to. And that takes away from, you know, connecting to ourselves and what, what's important to me. What, what does my heart have to say? Mm, so true. How does my heart lead me? Um, so, so true. And wow, that made me think about the dedication of your book. It's truly beautiful, which is exactly about that. You start, I dedicate this book to the heart in all of us, to the heart that beats every moment of our lives. And then, and then you expand on that, how the heart's wisdom uh, manifests itself in, within our lives. So talk to me for a moment about that. I love, absolutely love this idea that we can live more from the energies and the wisdom of the heart and less from the mental constructs and limiting beliefs that we have unfortunately adopted. Talk to me about that, please. Well, literally part of how I, I work or I view is that, that like, literally what's going on in the body. And when I talk about the heart, even from this dedication that your heart knows that she needs to pause and rest in between each beat, that's literally happening. One beat, one pause, one beat, one pause. And the heart knows that in order to keep doing this work, heart needs to nourish herself to keep doing the work to keep us alive and so it's right there mm, yeah <laughs> it's, it's, so it's not just an image it's this is what <laughs> happens and I think and I think the powerfulness of connecting to what's actually happening so that when you breathe in this fresh oxygen it goes from your lungs to your heart 
And then your heart, from that point, your heart has descended to your whole body, but the first place it goes is literally to your heart so that your heart takes that fresh blood first, even before sending it to your brain or your feet or your fingers. (laughs) It's a wonderful model, just on the physical plane. (laughs) And I talked to you off racket for a moment about forgetting. We do often forget. Is that because we then get distracted with the mental activities, Linda? when we are not paying attention to the body itself and and not pausing, just working, working, or thinking too much, is that because we have been distracted and also identified? We are identifying ourselves with the mind. Yeah, I think that when you say the word pause, (laughs) that is so important. I have this little activity in my book about just called Touchstone where we bring our hand to our heart and it's a moment of pause and it's a moment of reconnecting. It's like my hand comes to my heart. So it's making this beautiful cycle Mm. and it's a moment to just remind me, Oh, here I am. Or to ask, what do I need right now? (laughs) That is so important to have those moments of just coming back to myself What's important for me, being present, you know, being present in in my body, being present in this moment. How did you come to this wisdom understanding, Linda? Well, when I decided to write my book, I decided that I have decades of experience working with individuals, teaching, and I want, I just took time and it took a long time. It took a number of years to just, how can I gather everything that I have learned from myself, from the people I've worked with, from friends, from other other women I talk to. And I just tried to like gather all that wisdom <laughs> and really feel well, what is important so that we can live a joyful life, so we can have well-being, so we can really embrace and love ourselves. I love the topic of self-love. I usually don't use the word self-care, but of course it's uh, connected self-love, self-compassion from my perspective. From your perspective, is self-love and self-care the same in a way? Well, I think why well, I like that, like embracing self-care because self-care is finding your own way. What works for you to live with as much joy as you can, as much aliveness despite life's challenges cultivating inner kindness is part of that. But I think we also, you know, we care for ourselves in many different ways. You know, we, we take a shower and that can be either like I'm, you know, scrubbing the sink or it can be like, oh, how, you know, just honoring my body, using a nice cloth, enjoying the water, just feeling myself. So that can become a larger self-care activity, a a way of connecting with myself and enjoying myself, enjoying my body rather than a task, another task. I think that's really important that often self-care becomes just like, okay, one more thing I have to do rather than time to be with myself and to do the things that support me to reach for my goals, to heal, 
So the enjoyment is really, well, that's key, isn't it? Because we often, you're right, we kind of rush into do. It becomes a habit. That's what it is. Sometimes uh, well-intended practice that's heartfelt, it tends to become um, just a habit, an automatic kind of action. And then we just simply do it without even kind of uh, being present to these practices. I love the idea of being present, mindfulness, right? Because that brings brings us to the moment and then to the breath. That makes me think about Thich Nhat Hanh for some reason, your work. <laughs> the way you speak about the breath, his words, his teachings come to mind for some reason. Your work, does it have any influence? Have you been influenced by Thich Nhat Hanh? I have been in his presence, which was wonderful. One thing he talks about is about smiling. Mm, So, you know, meditation doesn't have to just be, you know, like serious. (laughs) But uh, you brought up the breath. And I think that to me, I really see our breath as a friend. Our breath is always there to support us. And we breathe like 18,000 times a day. And each one to me is like, an opportunity be, to let go of what I don't need, because that's part of what happens when we exhale. Our body lets go of what's no longer useful. And when we breathe in, to breathe in what we need, calmness or a gentle words. And also, I really use the breath and in the book encourage to take that further and to really feel like how my breath connects me. I I send, there's a little activity there about sending my breath to a tree I can see or a plant in the room, which feeds that. And then really allowing myself to absorb the nurturance, the life force of the plant world around me. And I think it's very important in terms of nurturance from breathing or food, a big part is can we as women really allow ourselves to be nurtured and nourished? You say we as women often direct our attention and energy toward caring for the needs of others. And then in your book, you say, I invite us women to imagine how good it would feel to receive some of that attention, nurturing, tending, concern, and support that we are so good at giving to others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you say a lot more, but this has really caught my attention, those initial words, because it's so, so true. And is this something we have been programmed and conditioned to do, right, Linda, as young children? Oh, yes. <laughs> I think as very, very young that women are taught to focus to care for others, it keeps being reinforced. And also there is some kind of uh, difference in that. Well, I can either nurture myself or nurture somebody else Yeah. instead of how can I nurture, care for myself so that I have the energy and love to share with others, too. I think that they're together. So in a way, it's not a balance, right, Linda? Is It is almost a message of giving priority to oneself, to ourselves first, in order to be ready to take care of others. Because it makes so much sense. If we don't take care of ourselves, how can we take care of others? If we don't love ourselves, how can we love others? Yes. So what is your idea of balance? Because um, I usually think about loving myself and others at the same time. 
my husband and my family members. Is that something that's just in my mind, a concept that I have, or does it make sense to you somehow? I mean, there's many times when we we have to be there for others and certainly for children or tending someone who's not well, even if we're on the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some, yeah. sometimes women, are, we're not even on the list of, <laughs> so uh, this plant needs watering, but what about me? I need some watering. <laughs> I need some sunlight or, uh, so I, I think it, it's just sort of both can be be present and it's also that being open to and being with people who can nourish us too and being able again to take that in. Uh, so receive and being open to that care is really important too. Is this something that we have been taught as well by being conditioned to give love we have closed ourselves and to receive love. I'm just trying to um, understand that. In some ways, we have to be open to receive. Mm, yeah. So true. And if we've been hurt, if we've experienced trauma, if we've experienced abuse, if we've just been hurt by other people who love us, <laughs> you know, it means being open to receive. Even our breath. I mean, so many of us hold our breath. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, so it's, there's something about it, a sense of openness to mm. receive. And sometimes, you know, also asking for what we need is a big one. Knowing what we need, I think in terms of w women, that's also part of it. What, you know, I have one of the, the practices in my book is is discovering what you want and need. If you have focus so much outside of yourself, you may not know. So listening to yourself about what you need and then also asking. Sometimes people can give you, can be simple. You know, could you make me a cup of tea? Sometimes at the right time, that can just be so touching. Maybe you need to ask somebody <laughs> or if you have a loved one in your life, let them know, you know. So you wrote the book, The Heart of Self-Care, a woman's guide to joyful living and well-being. Did you set an intention before writing the book or during your writings, Linda? I think I mentioned that a little before. My intention was to just gather and gather, gather all the wisdom that in myself and in others, and was really to also offer something different because there's so many books on self-improvement, on dieting, on exercising, on, you know, how you should look. And there's just tons of books like that. And, you know, a lot of times when women will, you know, start an exercise program and it's maybe something they don't like and <laughs> it's too much for them. And so they don't continue or go on a diet and lose weight and gain it back. And so there, then there's a lot of, you know, blaming yourself. Mm. And I really wanted to just, you know, offer something different that was like also practical too. You know, yeah. I have these guidelines in my book about like, well, if you want to inspire more physical activity, you know, start small and, and find something you love. I think it's very important 
to find things that are enjoyable or to find ways to make those things enjoyable. Right. <laughs> like I think a lot in my book, I use the word cultivating. So cultivating joy. We think we should just be joyful, but sometimes it takes cultivating, giving time, thinking about it. That was my intention. And also, I really tried to look at like all the, the many dimensions in our life of what I think of as self-care, you know, resting and returning to balance and cultivating a friendlier relationship with food. I love that. I thought a lot about, yeah. you know, the relationship in terms of the relationship to ourselves, the relationship to food, to our breath, to how we speak to ourselves. That is a big foundation in the book about cultivating inner support because um, we're with ourselves 24-7. True. (laughs) And we can either be encouraging ourselves and supporting ourselves or discouraging ourselves and, you know, making ourselves feel bad. It's interesting how you make this point very clear about the self-care is not self-improvement. So it's uh, an enjoyable practice that we are cultivating. So it's not something that we have to do and we don't have to change in order to find enjoyment. I love that message because, yeah, we are very good at putting pressure on ourselves and trying to do things perfectly. And that's another point, right? Uh, Perfectionism. What is the antidote to perfectionism, Linda? What comes to mind? (laughs) That's a big one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, I think having realistic goals, if you want to move towards something, whether it's, you know, how you care for yourself or how you go something you want a goal in your life, personal, professional, you know, keeping it small, keeping it manageable, and then appreciating what you do. I think this is a real big one. I think so many of us will look at what we haven't done. Oh, I didn't get that done. Or I, you know, I was going to walk an hour today and I only made 10 minutes, but wow, I did 10 minutes. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Put yeah. your hand on your chest. Hey, that's, yeah. that's really helpful. Or So I think those particular two guidelines in my booklet were really helpful for me in dealing with my own perfectionism about writing my book, feeling like it had to be perfect. And so I had to just keep coming back and appreciating myself and also putting my hand on my heart, remembering that I'm writing this book from love. (laughs) That helps with the perfectionism too, to just feel when we're doing something, you know, if if we're doing it from love. That's a small answer to a big question. (laughs) Oh, it resonates. A big answer because it goes back to love. And what is bigger than that? I don't know. (laughs) I have not found anything (laughs) bigger than love because it makes a lot of sense because perfectionism, somehow it's connected to fear. So there is fear when we are always trying to make things perfect and pressure ourselves. So the opposite per se would be going back to love. So talk to me about the five-minute helpers. I love the title, too, (laughs) and because, wow, they are big helpers. They are tools to rebalance and manage stress. You gave a TEDx talk, and the name is Interlude Self-Care to Stay Focused. 
in that, I watched the video. It was so much fun, and I was trying to do it myself here. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, though. I love the way you express yourself, too. I love the idea that we can somehow not just deliver messages, but become and embody the message that we want to deliver. And I saw that in you. I see now <laughs> talking to you here. So talk to me for a moment about that. I know we cannot do the same thing as you did right. with the, <laughs> in the video. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> but talk to me about these five-minute helpers. I think of those as tools to change the channel and to rebalance, you know, because I think no matter what we do, if we have practices, if we meditate, whatever we, we might do to help ourselves be in balance, we're always going to go out of balance. And so I feel like we need quick tools to just shift. And if we can stop and pause and, oh, whoops, I'm getting really tense mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yeah. I'm scared or this person's talking to me in a way that's not feeling good, I'm going to pause. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to use my breath and, you know, blow the air out, send out the fearful thoughts. And I, I think the other thing about the helpers is that they're fun. It, it is fun. They're playful. Uh, one of my favorite ones is actually I call the curse dance. And if I'm, mm -hmm. <laughs> if I'm really upset, I will just go and I'll just say no or I'll curse or I'll, I'll just stomp around. And it doesn't hurt anybody, right. but it really <laughs> it, it releases frustration or anger or tension in a way that's good for me and anybody else because, you know, it's only me that's <laughs> doing that. But it's a way of just expressing rather than holding in. I think we tend to just, you know, as we get fearful or tense or stressed, we tend to be tight yeah. and hold in. And these helpers are meant to kind of gently release. And, and nobody knows, for example, if you're blowing out tension or fear or aggravation. They, they don't know that. So you can you can do these these anywhere uh, or sometimes they suggest people just walk down a hallway or walk to the bathroom, mm -hmm. go out in the parking lot. There's also just uh, like the touchstone, putting your hand not only on your heart, but if you're feeling really ungrounded, pressing pressing down on the bone in your thighs so to just feel yourself being more present. And, and that you could do anywhere in a, in a meeting or wherever you happen to be. So it's it's just a way of... And I think we need, you know, we really need these. And some of them are only take a minute. And some of it is also, again, saying to yourself or maybe just all of this helps you come back into the present. So when we get afraid, these are very useful now. <laughs> these days, when we get afraid or ungrounded, just quickly come back to myself. And it's interesting how you relate this idea of balance with the moment, the present moment, being here. I'm wondering now, is that what balance really is, Linda, in a way, kind of finding the way back to this moment? Yeah, finding the way back to this moment, finding connection back to ourselves, finding connection within ourselves. So if we fearful or if you know, we've had a lot of difficult experiences and we don't feel safe and we kind of pull our body tight or pull in to our center. And then we lose the connection out to our limbs. And that's a balance there is 
is like, how do I connect? If I can connect my legs, then I can feel more like I can take care of myself. I can walk away from a situation. I can walk towards something that feels good. Mm. If I connect my center of my body to my fingers and arms, I can either push something away. I can bring something towards me. I can connect to my voice and speak out. So, uh, so balance kind of within the body and balance to come back. And I think particularly when we've experienced trauma, and I think so many people are experiencing trauma right now, that that's very important to feel connected through, to have your whole body there and to feel that you can come back to the moment because fear often is takes us into the future or or this is going to keep going forever or that's going to happen. I don't really know what's going to happen, but maybe I could find a place inside myself that I'm safe right now. Uh, Yeah, just by you saying that, it's comforting. That's interesting. It's a reminder, isn't it? Uh, We need to be reminded and it's wonderful when we can remind ourselves, (laughs) but some of us cannot do that, not yet. And we do need support of people like you. So what is the best way to work with you, Linda? Online, offline, do you offer sessions online and offline? for groups as well and corporations or? Yeah, I work both in person. I work on the phone. Sometimes that it can be helpful in terms of guiding people to feel their bodies. Sometimes that's more supportive than Zoom because I also would ask somebody to, for example, put their hand on a place in their body that we're working with so they can listen to that part so they can use their hands. Zoom, some people find that really helpful. But sometimes I'll ask people to, you know, close their eyes and come in and not get caught, you know, so they can see me, but they can also come inside because a big part of the work is really listening to yourself and listening to your body. Is your work also spiritual? Do you have any spiritual belief systems or or practices? Well, yes. And I mean, one, I'll go back to also that our body is is a miracle. Is <laughs> yeah, so of all these parts, yeah. systems working, yeah. communicating. It's just amazing. So there's that that takes me to spiritual experience. I also very much have work with the chakras and the energy centers connecting our body to the energy centers and coming from through movement and imagery. So that's very important to me. I mean, I do have a sense of connection to spirit through the earth very much and around me. Yeah, it's very important to me. And I really see a a deep connection between body, mind and spirit. They're not separate to me. There's a section in your book that's called Find the Heart of Self-Care, the five practices. We have been talking about them uh, One is cultivate inner kindness and love. Two, cultivate joy. Three, discover what you want and need. Four, listen to the wisdom of your body. And five, cultivate inner support. 
Would you like to uh, expand or talk to me about any of these practices, five practices, Linda? One that caught my attention was the cultivation of joy. The question is, do you see a difference between joy and happiness? I think of happiness as more of a state and joy can, well, joy can be a state too, but it's more specific sometimes things that we can feel. I mean, really important part in that chapter is to just wake up in the morning and ask yourself, I think a lot about how we start our day is really important to how, whether we have joy, whether we have, you know, got off, get off the bed in the wrong foot Mm -hmm. (laughs) to ask the question, what would bring me joy today? Mm, And to come up with something, you know, that's, you know, and maybe bring me joy to go to the Caribbean today, but that's not going to (laughs) happen. But what can, what can I do? Okay. You know, can I sit out And I did that a little bit today. I live in New England and it's cold. (laughs) I found a place to sit just recently that's really warm by my front door. Sometimes I put on lots of clothes and I sit out in the sun because it just feeds me. It brings me joy. I mean, all of these practices are like their foundation, but they're not necessary. Some of them are things to do, but a lot of them are just things to think about, you know, like a question. It's not so much, you know, what would bring me joy or to just notice, oh, you know, I need inner kindness or to ask the question, what do I really need or to listen? So there are things that that we can do, but there are also things that we can say to ourselves and just think about. I start with that because I feel like those are sort of foundational and with any of the book, I really see my book and hope my book is like a friend and that you come, okay, maybe you, you need to a little more joy or you really having trouble knowing what you want. So you open up that little chapter or you want more physical activity and you look at that or you're very stiff and you look at the chapter on oiling and moving your joints in in a wonderful way or that's part of how I wrote the book a part of the intention is that there are these practices there's simple guidelines there's the five minute helpers and then there's just oh well I really need to rest more or I have about relationship to time too I think a lot about relationship you know (laughs) and how we our daily transitions and that's a big thing that a lot of people don't think about but that's often the stress moments when we wake up or when we work or when we leave work or when we come home or when we're trying to go to sleep that's a big one for me though it's interesting that you mentioned um not my relationship to food that's very good but relationship to time it feels to me Linda that the more present I become the more time disappear. It's really a challenge to be present and on time. Mm. I noticed that, <laughs> right? Does it make sense to you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I just get lost completely in the moment and I just have no idea what time it is and and then I'm off in late for everything. I mean, not for the, I work with the team, so it helps because we keep each other really committed to what we have to deliver and do. But when it comes to me doing whatever it is on my own, then it's really, yeah, it's interesting how time disappears. Mm. 
So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do when it comes to that, I guess. Yeah, do you have any suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have something I've worked on. Some, some One thing that helped me is I would think about, okay, I'm going to get there, whatever, to my office 15 minutes early today so that I can take a few minutes to stretch or whatever. And then I would be on time. I would have a different goal, like, okay, I'm going to get there 15 minutes early or that time. I could, you know, use sometimes... I don't do that so much, but some people find that they can use, you know, little outside helpers, or little bells on your phone or yeah. something to remind you to bring you back. I think also, again, just pausing, mm. you know, and getting so involved, but just take a moment to pause. Okay. And to even ask, you know, how do I feel right now? Oh, let's check the time. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Am I hungry? Am I cold? Am I hot? <laughs> you know, just those kinds of little pauses, I, I think, are so important. I think that's helpful for time. I think it's been helpful for me to check in about time that way. I'm listening because <laughs> I need that. I need that assistance, definitely. Yeah, so pausing. That's, um, yeah, I got to do that more often. So we're almost at the end. Thank you, Linda. Thank you for everything, for what you do, the beautiful book that you have written. It's, I love the way you said that because the beautiful description is like a friend. And it's true, a warm friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Before that, I know you have a new book coming up, Joyful Sexuality for Women, a little book on a big subject. I love the title too. So I'd love to interview you on this one. (laughs) That'll be later on. But talk to me for a moment about this book. Sounds interesting. That book was going to be in my book, but my book just kept growing and growing (laughs) because I felt that (laughs) sexuality was an important part of a joyful life. And and it's it, it's a small book. It's really very much about feeling good about yourself. I feel like women are, there's so many misconceptions that women are brought about what they're supposed to be like, look like, how they're supposed to be in relation to their sexuality, what they're supposed to feel. The part of that theme there was to come back to yourself, you know, And to feel, how can you feel good about your body, about who you are, how you can feel sexy for yourself, you know, just to feeling good, feeling alive. There's a a short chapter about sexuality and sexual abuse, taking care of yourself in that way, making, you know, finding that pathway to feeling good about yourself that way. And also sexuality after having cancer, too, which is a big, can be difficult. It's a lot about feeling good about your body. It's not so much a sort of a sex manual. There's plenty of those out there. (laughs) But it's just a little book about how do you feel good about yourself in that way and not expecting yourself to have these really unrealistic expectations of who you should be as a sexual person. Yeah, it goes back to the fundamental message of reconnecting with ourselves, right? In a kind way, isn't it? With love. Uh, I love your message. I love what you do, Linda. It's really beautiful. Thank you again. Thank you. And before we end the conversation today, would you like to add anything else that we didn't discuss or read a passage in your book? I'd like to 
just ask if people want to do this, if you want to place your hand on your heart, I'd like to end with just touchstone. And what it is, is to place your hand on your heart. And this is at the end of my book. Let these words from my heart fill your heart. May you continue to develop a kinder relationship to yourself and enjoy each day more fully, despite the challenges and obstacles that present themselves. Your heart knows that you deserve to have all the joy, well-being, and nurturing you want. So remember to connect to your heart with this touchstone anytime, anywhere. Mm, That's a beautiful prayer. That's what it came to me, the word. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a beautiful prayer. What is another word for life? Life is movement. That's one reason I love to dance and I love movement because life is change. And I think movement helps us to flow with the change. So I guess flow is another thing I think about. In other words, I can't come up with one word, but (laughs) (laughs) flow, energy, uh, movement and change. Uh, They all resonate, true to Mm. me. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects, Linda? Uh, well, it's uh, lindatumbarello.com is the way and my book is there and future classes I'm going to have. And um, yeah, that's a place to reach me. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much again and we'll talk soon. Thank you. This was really special. Yeah, I feel the same way. Bye for now, Linda. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Linda Tamburello and her work, please visit lindatamburello.com. more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.